Some have said that the direction of your focus is the direction of your life. For the Christian, our focus is crystal clear. We are to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In every area of life, we are to lay aside the hindrances of our Christian journey and look to Christ as our example and strength to live the life he has called us to live. So today, let's starve our distraction and feed our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Walk Talks podcast and today's Friday Focus episode. Well, greetings and welcome to the Walk Talks podcast. This is Micah Herbster, and we want to welcome you to a brand new uh, segment that we're going to do every Friday throughout the year. We're calling it Friday Focus, and this is the very first Friday of our very first week of Walk Talks episodes for season two. And we are excited today to have a conversation with somebody that I know and love a lot, and that is my grandfather, Dr. Carl Herbster, and joining me also is my brother, uh, Malika Herbster. So thanks for joining us. Wow, what an exciting time to not only uh, be on the first Friday Focus podcast, but then to do it with my grandsons. <laughs> yes, I couldn't sir. think of any guys I'd rather do it with, so thank you for uh, having me uh, on your first podcast. Oh, absolutely. It's our joy and uh, privilege to have you. So obviously, Papa, we... Oh, so we call we call Dr. Herbster Papa. We know <laughs> him better as Papa. Be so please uh, bear with us. We may uh, say Papa rather than Dr. Herbster. But anyway, so Papa, for our um, for our listeners, would you mind just sharing with us um, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, um, your life in ministry, um, et cetera? Well, I came to know the Lord at the age of 18. I really didn't... Uh, grow up understanding the gospel, and uh, I had an older brother that got saved uh, from going to a college where his basketball coach uh, witnessed to him, and he's the one that first uh, challenged me about uh, the fact if I knew I was going to heaven, and I said, I hope so, and he said, well, the Bible says you can know so, and it was through a, a reading of the scriptures that I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I did go off to college on a basketball scholarship myself. And while I was uh, uh, at the school in the summers, I recruited students. So I got to recruit Nana, your uh, grandmother, who uh, we've been now married almost 53 years, and a wonderful, wonderful lady that has served with me. And initially, I went into the business world out of college. I studied to be a math teacher and a coach, but I uh, decided I needed to make more money than that, honestly. And I was a baby Christian at best when we got married. And we uh, had children very quickly, and uh, your dad, along with his twin brother, and then their older brother, Matt, all came within a two-year span, so I needed to make some money, so I went to an employment agency, and they uh, hired me out to Procter & Gamble Corporation. That's where I started my business career, ended up uh, switching companies, going with Martin Marietta to uh, a position in Chicago, Illinois. Mm where I first started attending a Baptist church, and it was there that we really committed ourselves to the Lord, really learned the importance of living for the Lord and not living for the world, and through uh, the opportunity to teach Sunday school, be involved with the pastor who mentored me, uh, we eventually surrendered to full-time ministry, went back to seminary, I got my doctor's degree, and then, as you know, moved to Kansas City to pastor Tri-City Baptist Church, where I was almost 30 years, and of course, uh, mm-hmm. that's how we got to Southwind Christian Camp, mm-hmm. because of Tri-City uh, Baptist Church there in uh, Kansas City. 
Yes, of course. This is a big year for Southland, uh, celebrating 30 years of ministry. Started in 1993. I think 94 was our first summer, if I remember correctly. And so obviously connected with Tri-City originally. Tell us how um, how Southland came to be you know, acquired by your church there in, in Kansas City. Well, it, it was one of these uh, situations where I had a friend uh, Dr. Bob Wood, who was very interested in a Bible Memory Association camp in Georgia. Bible Memory Association was a thriving organization that, uh, and through some difficult circumstances, uh, ended up going into bankruptcy. And so they were trying to dispose of their properties. And Dr. Wood, uh, being a Georgia boy, had a, a camp there that he wanted to uh, see um, the, them, uh, the, them receiving but there was one in Louisiana as well that they didn't want to receive as an organization. And uh, so he was looking for somebody to take over the Louisiana property because the Bible Memory Association actually wanted to get rid of uh, both of the camps at the same time. Hmm. And so being a friend of mine, uh, he reached out to me in Kansas City where I was pastoring and said, hey, how would you like to have a camp <laughs> In Louisiana. Now you have to understand between Missouri and Louisiana <laughs> is Arkansas. Yeah, a little bit of distance. <laughs> and there. so there was, I, I, all I saw was a lot of work, a lot of money, and uh, a lot of distance. And so I really didn't see any reason why. He kept bugging me and he says, Well, are you my friend? And I said, Well, sure, I'm your friend. He said, Well, if you're my friend, you'll at least go look at it. So uh, I was a private pilot at the time and took any opportunity to fly. And so I flew down here in a little uh, Cessna 172, which is a four-place airplane, and decided to take uh, my associate pastor and a couple of our deacons along with me just so I'd get a multitude of counselors. That was my downfalling right there because they came, <laughs> and they really fell in love with the camp. Uh, I did, too, from the standpoint mm -hmm. of the, the beauty of the place mm -hmm. and the opportunities and the potential but I realized that properties uh, without personnel mm -hmm. is not very valuable. So I mm -hmm. went to, we all went back and talked to our, our deacons there at uh, Tri-City. And I, I shared with them that, well, you know, we've got a property, but property is our last priority. Mm -hmm. Philosophy is our first priority. And I mm -hmm. said, I know some camps that are doing a great job with biblical philosophy. So we can get the philosophy, but secondly, you got to have people and then people have to put together the program. Mm -hmm. yeah. Properties are just used to implement your program. So I said, we don't have any people. Mm. And one of our deacons who is now with the Lord raised his hand and said, here am I, send me. Mm. And I said, Dave, what are you talking? About? He says, I'll quit my job and I'll move to Louisiana and get that camp ready for camp. Wow. If the church takes it over. So that was the beginning of uh, Southwind Christian Camp. We uh, took it to the church. The church voted to, for us to take it, and it took us about a year to uh, do the remodeling and put the money into the camp that needed to be there. Mm -hmm. And for the first few years, we pretty much used our Christian school staff in the uh, summer to come down. Mm -hmm. uh, since they didn't have employment in the summer, we gave them employment in the summer, and they became the summer staff mm -hmm. for Southwind Christian Camp. Wow, that's incredible. So obviously that you visiting Southland and the church taking over Southland 30 years ago, uh, the camp has changed drastically, of course, you know, and uh, thanks to the Lord and his grace and, you know, his providing for us here at Southland. And we're thrilled about all that the Lord has done here. Uh, but could you just talk, talk us through a little bit about like what were some of your first thoughts of the camp? What did it look like? 
uh, give our listeners like an idea of what 1992 yes, looks and I, like. Also, I was going to ask, what year was that that you were here, that you showed up to see the property for the first in time? In 92. In 92. So there was a period of time between the time yeah. you saw it and the time camp time started, we, obviously. We, we, yeah, uh, started camp itself because we, well, it was rough. Is that a good word? <laughs> rough. A lot of facilities, but a lot of old facilities. And then, of course, it was a Bible Memory Association. So what's now the dining room and the rec center and offices, that was all storage for material. So we had to clean out all that material. We had to remodel a lot of facilities. Sometimes it was just paint and cleaning, but there's a lot of that work that had to be done. Uh, but there was also some structural things that we had to, um, you know, co- commit some money to, and yeah. and then start promoting uh, around the the area. Uh, it was uh, one of those things that we had to let people know that we were gonna start camp, uh, mm-hmm. and and we we hired Bob Graham to be our first director because he was a youth pastor here in Louisiana, and evangelist Tom Farrell put me in touch with him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Bob Graham, mm-hmm. but he put me in touch with him. And he had a lot of contacts here in the Louisiana area, uh-huh. which was um, was was wonderful to uh, help mm-hmm. us from that standpoint to to get started. But uh, I think I said in the the video we did one time about the starting the camp, all I could see was work, money, and miles. You know, and it was <laughs> like um, it, this is not for us, and that's mm-hmm. really. What I think has been exciting for me to see over these 30 years, we at Tri-City always had the philosophy that we're here to minister to other ministries. Mm-hmm. We're not here for ourselves. Just like as individual Christians, we're not here for ourselves. We're here for others. Like Jesus uh, said, he didn't come to be ministered unto, but he came to minister. And we're to be like Christ. We as a ministry, uh, Tri-City Ministries had taken on a philosophy of ministering to other ministries. One of the reasons uh, they allowed me to be the president of the American Association of Christian Schools for 10 years was so that we as a congregation could minister to other Christian schools uh, around the country. Our church was amazing and had that philosophy that we're here to give, not to get. Mm -hmm. And so that was was the vision that that I then had for Southwind was that we would minister to the Southwind area Mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. And, of course, I had no idea that w- how much more than camping would take place uh, now that uh, uh, my son Mike and you guys working along and the, the large staff we now have at Southland, you know, ministering through uh, a lot of other uh, areas, even your ministry team, Micah, that's traveling around. Mm-hmm. But uh, with uh, the music, with the uh, bridge to campus, uh, the education aspect there with uh, what we're uh, doing and, and helping uh, churches in the area, it's really fulfilled and expanded beyond what I mm-hmm. could have dreamed uh, uh, us having here in Louisiana. And of course, it's only just begun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. the exciting yeah. thing. The beginning uh, was challenging because uh, it stretched us, mm-hmm. stretched our faith, but God always provided each step of the way so that we can enjoy what we're yeah. enjoying today yeah. here at Southland. Were you skeptical in the beginning? Obviously, like go, going back to the deacons in the church and, you know, feeling like this is going to be a money pit, a lot of time, a lot of miles. Church wants it. I mean, what was your reaction to like your deacons saying, no, we I need to do this? I have used the illustration in a, many pastoral classes, many pastoral conferences mm-hmm. to remind pastors 
that it's not our will that we're looking for, mm -hmm. it's God's will we're looking for. Mm -hmm. If it would have been my will, if I would have made the final decision about Southland Christian Camp, we wouldn't have it today. But the Bible is very plain that in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And even though I joke about those three guys coming down here on the airplane with me and, and them being so excited about it and, getting, and, and wanting to get involved in it, realizing I was the, the leader of the church and I was the one that was going to have to oversee the ministry, uh, it is, it's the way we should be. We should always uh, have a multitude of counselors. And when God is working, uh, let him work through the multitude of counselors. And, of course, I caught the vision, uh, but I didn't initially have the vision because we were a, a going and growing ministry. We were involved in other things in Mexico, as you're aware of. And I was involved with the American Association of Christian Schools nationally. Uh, working in Washington, D.C., and pastoring a church and raising a family. And and so you know, I, I had my plate full as far as I was concerned. But uh, God said, this is what we want you to do, and praise the Lord for all the wonderful people that came alongside mm -hmm. and have helped us to be able to, to see Southland Christian Camp go and grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, Papa, you touched on this briefly about kind of the first the first summer here at Southland. And obviously you guys had almost like a whole different network of um, people and ministries and churches that you guys were ministering to, um, you know, kind of in the Midwest region of the country. And so could you just talk us through a little bit like what the first summer looked like here at Southland and the prep for that, um, the staffing for that, the speakers for that, kind of in your mind as you know, the ultimate leader of Southland, um, what all went into, you know, making Southland start, you know, yeah, well, the first summer. In the beginning, of course, a lot was centered around the staff of Tri-City. And, of course, I was very fortunate to have a fabulous uh, staff in the church and school. We had a large Christian school at uh, Tri-City. So, so that ha helped a lot. Evangelist Tom Farrell that I, I mentioned who had – it was a well-known evangelist around the country, uh, was our staff evangelist. He was working with me in the seminary at, that we had in Kansas City. And so, uh, obviously, uh, he was speaking. Morris Gleiser, who uh, I had, had known, he had uh, joined our staff as a, a youth pastor later on, but I had known him. And so he he got involved in, uh, mm -hmm. in, in helping us. Uh, I had... As guys that were right there uh, in our in our school, Tim Meals, who uh, was later on to work at another Christian camp, but he started down mm -hmm. here uh, with us and and helped out. He was a school teacher, but came down here yeah. and helped. And we had a very strong youth group, so we ran the junior program mm -hmm. almost with our teen group from uh, Tri City. Mm -hmm. So That's amazing. Uh, it it the personnel is always the key. That's always the key in any organization. Yeah. And we were blessed with a lot of wonderful staff people at Tri-City that summer hmm. became uh, Southland. I, hmm. I spoke a lot of times just myself <laughs> because they didn't have to pay me anything. We yeah. didn't have to give any love offerings. <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I was much involved as well. I love to hear stories like that, like just how God's people come around an, an idea, you know, for people up in Kansas City to get behind a camp in Louisiana, right. behind good leadership as well to, that says, this is, this is important. This is something we're going to invest in. And I love what you said too, about Tri-City being a, a place where people from all over the country could look to for 
multiple different things and serving other churches. I think a lot of people think, well, my church is just for the people in my church. But obviously your philosophy was, hey, let's look beyond just this you know, group of believers and reaping the dividends even when to every today. church should be uh, ministering to their community, and, and sad to say, sometimes that's not even happening in the day we which we live. But we all should be in that outreach mentality of uh, reaching our community for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we were blessed in that we were a larger church, and had the staff and had the resources where we could be a blessing to uh, other churches. We also then started churches in the Kansas City area, which um, are continuing even till today, and thank the Lord for that opportunity of church planting. So camp planting <laughs> was yeah. nothing that was on my uh, my plan, um, but it, it was wonderful that it was on God's plan and, and that it happened so that uh, you guys can be involved even now. And for me as a, a papa, as you mm -hmm. said, uh, Mike and his twin brother Mark got involved in the summer times. They would travel in evangelism after they graduated from seminary. They traveled in evangelism and would come down here in the summers to help out just in the summers. Mm -hmm. And then um, your dad pretty much committed to every summer down here. And then uh, later on when we went to where we were really doing a year-round camping program and uh, we needed a a camp director, uh, the the men the men here that are many of them that are still here serving, mm -hmm. yeah. as well as the men in Kansas City said, well, you, it should be your son. I kind of fought that because I've always was one that uh, didn't want uh, my sons being promoted through me in any way. I wanted the Lord to guide. But again, a multitude of counselors made it very very plain that uh, your dad mm -hmm. should be the camp director, and under his leadership, it's just really flourished and expanded. Uh, partially because of the, the number of places uh, he and his brother were in evangelism, but also because of his abilities uh, to have vision, but also mm -hmm. to manage that vision. When I was so about his age and so busy with so many things, people would ask me all the time, they, they would say, Dr. Herbster, how do you do all that you do? <laughs> and my common answer was, I don't. You know, what you do is you find good people that mm -hmm. you can commit to the work to so that they can teach others also. In business world, we call it delegation. Mm -hmm. it, uh, but everything in the business world came from the Bible, by the way. And in, in the Bible, it's mm -hmm. discipleship. Mm -hmm. You disciple your Timothys so that they can yeah. take that work and go on. And that's why it's thrilling to me mm -hmm. <laughs> to see you guys even involved at Southland because this is another generation mm -hmm. uh, of uh, leaders that are being used to uh, reach uh, this this area and the world for Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah, absolutely. What a testament of God's grace. I just sitting here and thinking, you know, you've walked us through kind of your life story and how just by reading through God's word is how you were able to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, by faith. And, um, and then, you know, you continued to just follow Christ and follow the Lord's leading um, every single day and every single way. And you, you guys know, but maybe the listeners won't know, I didn't have a Christian heritage, mm -hmm. but I saw other families that did, you know, generations of, of family members uh, going on and living for the Lord or a good home relationship where you serve the Lord and all that. Mm -hmm. And I can remember as a businessman going forward after a, a, a man preached on Joshua 24, verse 15, as for me and my house will serve mm -hmm. the Lord. And I can remember getting on my knees when my guys were just uh, preschoolers and saying, mm -hmm. oh, oh, Father, please, if you would allow it, 
let me in my house serve the Lord. And I'm reaping that now. And uh, I'm, I'm so, so humbled and so grateful to the Lord yeah. for what he has done in honoring my desire and my heart. Uh, as we've sought to follow the Lord, we sure mm-hmm. haven't been perfect, but we've yeah. sure sought to follow the Lord. And I'm so grateful for his mm-hmm. grace and his direction mm-hmm. that Amen. has now not only allowed us to be involved much in ministry, right. but to see family involved in ministry, not mm-hmm. just here at Southland, as you know, but other places mm-hmm. around the world. Absolutely. And that's uh, that's the most rewarding thing mm-hmm. for anybody yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a dad and a, a father and a uh, Papa and uh, all that. I'm just rejoicing yes. in what God has done and looking forward to uh, seeing that continue mm-hmm. in the lives of an, another generation. What a testimony. One one man who gave everything to the Lord and Absolutely. the Lord has obviously used you in an, an amazing way in our lives and in the lives of you know, thousands of people are very, yeah, very and, thankful. And I can't say I gave everything. I've had those times when I've held back. But God, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Mm, that's right. And I've, the Amen. Lord's got my attention a few times. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I've learned that the best place to be is in the center of God's mm-hmm. will. And my God's grace, I've sought to be there. And, of course, mm-hmm. I've had a wonderful helper through all these years, your Nana, mm-hmm. who has just hung on. <laughs> she sometimes think, thinks she just hangs on for dear life. But she's been so supportive and so helpful mm-hmm. and so encouraging to me mm-hmm. in yes. the midst of uh, some of the challenges that you always face in ministry. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Papa, for taking some time and talking with us. This mm-hmm. is super exciting, and hopefully our listeners, you know, uh, they know a little bit more about Southland, and you know it's super exciting celebrating the 30th year this summer. It's hard to believe, and Lord willing, God will continue to bless and uh, provide us with you know 30 more years. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm excited Lord, about the, Lord the special reunion we're going to have this at Southland year. for yes. all former staff members. I've heard of a lot of people that will yeah. be showing up, and I'll for sure uh, be here and yeah. uh, looking forward to uh, rejoicing with what. Uh, uh, with them in, in celebrating yeah. what God be has a, done over these be 30 years. be a lot years. of stories to share during that time. That's sure. for sure. Awesome. Very, very encouraging, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Papa. And uh, once again, thanks for your time. And for our listeners, we're, we're going to uh, interview Papa again and talk a little bit about what he's involved in um, right now, um, and that is uh, his Advanced USA, where he um, is involved in um, Washington, D.C., and he wants to share with all of us how we can be more actively involved in our local communities on the grassroots level for um, our for the government and so that we can make a difference in our communities um, and ultimately, you know, in, in our nation. So uh, make sure to be on the lookout for that podcast. Don't know exactly what date it'll be, uh, but Keep, keep looking for those Friday focuses, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you guys in the future. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Friday Focus, presented by the Walk Talks podcast. Make your plans to join us next week for another set of podcast episodes that will encourage you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.